Hey, everybody. I'm Jen Garrett, and I've used my Move the Ball system to help thousands of people to think and execute like a pro athlete when it comes to business and branding. Now, I'm on a mission to help you utilize the same tools and strategies to elevate your hustle and get you across the goal line. So get ready. It's time to suit up, to show up, and to move the ball. Hey, everyone. Jen Garrett here. It's so great to be back with you on another episode of Move the Ball. And if this is your first time joining us, welcome. If you've been a part of the Move the Ball community for quite some time, welcome back. So glad to have you here today. And before we get into today's show, just a reminder that if you haven't already done so, be sure to hit that subscribe button on your platform of choice so that you never miss an episode. And while you're there, leave us a review. I really appreciate everyone that leaves their feedback. And also on this podcast, we are talking about tips, strategies, advice on how to reach your next level goals, those big goals. So be sure to download the goals worksheet and the life assessment that I have in the show notes for you. All right. So today, got a great guest inside the huddle with us and ready to help us to move the ball is Mr. Tom Hofer. Tom is currently the president and GM of Unison Industries, a business unit within the aviation segment of GE, General Electric. Tom has had a wealth of supply chain, program management, services, and product support experience during his 25 plus years in the aviation industry. Also, Tom spent 22 years in the service in the Air National Guard, and he retired as a Chief Master Sergeant. Tom, welcome to the show. Happy to be here, Jen. Well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you being here with us today. So to kick off our conversation, just tell us briefly, for those that may not be familiar with Unison, tell us a little bit about the business, your products and services. Who do you serve? Sure. So we uh, obviously serve the aviation industry, both commercial, military. And we recently have been getting into the uh, the space industry, obviously, that, you know, very quickly growing com- commercial space, I should say. But mostly about 80, 85% of our business is on the commercial and military aviation side. So our customers are in original in OEM, GE engine OEM, non-GE OEM engine makers, as well as airlines, MROs, maintenance repair operations. So folks that do repair on aircraft engines. And then again, space, you know, Blue Origin, uh, Aerojet, Rocketdyne, things like that. So we make engine components. We got about 2,000 employees. Prior to COVID, we were uh, about an $850 million business. So we hope to get back to that level very soon with people flying. Yes, yes. Well, thank you for that overview. So what I want to start off talking about is adapting and adjusting in COVID. That's been a theme that I've really been honing in on over season two of the podcast because the world has been faced to adapt and adjust and and figure out how to exist and thrive in this new normal, to survive and thrive, right? So talk to us about what that looked like for Unison over the past year. Yeah, I think it it put a, a bigger emphasis on communication. I always viewed myself as a good communicator, but it really, man, it really last year put a huge focus on what you communicate and how you communicate it because people are going through a tough time, not just from a professional standpoint, but personally, right? And I'd say a lot of people still are. It's just all the changes that we all had to learn to live with, if you will, outside work and how to work was pretty dramatic for, for folks. So it was very important for us, for me as a leader, to step up the, I'd say, the transparency 
and the the frequency of communication because people were really people really needed to know what was going on and and what we were going to do. Uh, it was a huge impact to our business, being as I mentioned earlier, very heavily concentrated on the commercial aviation space. I think everyone knows that that was an industry hit particularly hard from COVID-19. So we unfortunately had to make some really tough decisions from a people aspect, meaning we had to reduce our force because of the, the just drastic reduction in in business. So yeah, I, I would say that that's the biggest change in terms of how uh, leadership styles had to evolve, I'd say, or, or maybe uh, take a different focus during the crisis was making sure that we were communicating frequently and with transparency to our employees because again, you know, there's no outlet for the stress from work, right? You work was home, home was work. And I think that the mental health aspect of what we've been going through has been also a very, very key focus area for me and my leadership team, making sure that we were uh, being, I'd say, sensitive to the pressures people were under. Carrie, you mentioned a couple of things that I wanted to hone in on. Uh-huh. One, frequency of communication and transparency. And I think as leaders, it's very important to do that, especially in times of uncertainty and change as what we all went through. And then also just from the aviation industry. I mean, I spent many, many years with GE and in aviation and you know, know the culture, know the environment. And uh, what happened last year was a huge, huge impact on the business. And so it was important to, even if you don't have all the answers, it's important to make sure that you're communicating with your employees yeah. because they don't they don't know what's going on either. And so I think that's great that as a leader that you are focused on that transparency and that continual communication. The other thing that you mentioned, which I think is very, very important, is mental health. Because that's something that whether or not you were physically touched by the coronavirus or not, it certainly affected everyone's mental health in some way, shape, or form. That doesn't mean everybody was depressed, but that means that people did have to adjust and figure out, as you mentioned, people are at home. They're not going into the office. You've got kids at home. And so there's added stress and there's a different dynamic and that weighs on your mental health. Can you share with us some of the resources or things that you and your leadership team did to really try to help maintain a focus on the employee's mental health? So a couple of things there, Jen. So first of all, again, being part of GE, we were were able to, I would say, tap into a lot of the resources that you know, GE had for mental health. And the most recent one was a series of webinars and it was titled, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And it was webinars ranged from anything from just, you know, how to cope with anxiety, how to cope with family pressures, how to get used to, get used to, how to, how to, how to do remote working best. So it was a series of webinars that you know, people were encouraged, hey, if this applies to you or how you are feeling, attend, right? And they were made available on demand, so to speak. So it wasn't like, hey, you know, at whatever, 11 to noon tomorrow, this is when we'll be talking about family stress during COVID. There were webinars that were available at any time for folks. So that was one from the most structured, I guess, aspect. The second one I'd, I'd talk about is I, I leaned hard into just more regular communication on like, you know, Happy Friday news, right? Is there was, it was always easy to find the downers in the in the news, especially aviation related and such. But I made a focused effort to celebrate the little wins. Every Friday on our internal blog, I would put together uh, just kind of, the, you know, the little wins from within unison. And it could be anything from proving a scorecard on delivery to a particular customer, to closing a deal, 
to just moving moving the ball forward on a um, on a toll gate, right? On a development of a new technology. So uh, made a again a very focused and concentrated effort on celebrating the little wins, so that you know trying to keep the positivity up. And then we would I would pull in a couple of tidbits just from an external aviation standpoint, even when. TSA numbers, even if they go from 400,000 a week to 500,000, would highlight that because, uh, you know, we're still, still not near where we were in 2019 levels in terms of travel. But I thought it was important that, again, the, the little wins became very important. And then I would, I'm a big music fan of all genres. So I would always have a song of the week that would reflect what I felt to be the not necessarily the mood of the week, but uh, kind of a pick-me-up song that resonated with me. And then I would put put that out there and have folks enjoy the song of the week. And um, I'm uh, particularly proud of that that aspect of it because I'm actually getting a request now from folks across the business of, hey, you know, I really love ACDC. Can you maybe grab an ACDC song in your next post? And and then different one, Amy, uh, Amy was Amy Winehouse and others. So, uh, it's been pretty cool that I think it resonated with some folks that also look to music as a way to keep their balance. And whether it's they need to pick me up or, or just some sort of a lyric in a song just kind of resonates with them seems to, uh, seems to hit a nerve there with the, with the employee base. So, so that's the second one. That third one, I'd say. We've, we've made a, a point to make sure that we're doing more regular touch points with, with folks that are part of your leadership circle, if you will. So anyone that's a people leader on my staff, and I've done it by my, with my own staff, and that is in our one-on-ones, which is uh, just normal rhythm, right? Touch and base with, uh, with folks that work for, work for us is that Instead of jumping right into, hey, you know, how are you doing on your priorities? Where are we on these metrics? Make a point of starting with, how are you, right? How was your weekend? And and not forgetting the importance of just of asking that very simple question. You know, how are you doing? How is your family doing? And making sure we do that. So those are, I'd say, the big three points, three, I'd say, areas that we've really focused on in terms of process around mental health, if you will. Sure. And there's a couple of things that you mentioned that I just want to highlight. First, I'll go to your last point about having touch points with your employees and asking them how they're doing, because I think that's so important to remember the human connection. At the end of the day, we are all human beings. We all want to feel like we're cared for, we're appreciated, we're valued. And by asking questions like that, that's important. It's not just about the business success or the metrics or where are you at or what are you behind on? Where do you need help? Right. So there's, it's about the connecting at an emotional human level first. And I think that that's one thing that this pandemic has really forced us to shift and do more of. Cause it's so, you know what it's like working in GE. I know what it's like working there and other, other big companies. It's go, 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 push, 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 you know, yeah. results, results, metrics. And so it really forced us to, to step back and take a minute and say, okay, let's stay connected to our people. Not that, not that leaders within GE were disconnected before, because I absolutely do not believe that, but it just made us have another focus on yeah. that human connection. The other thing that I absolutely love is this song of the week. I think it's a great way to get people engaged 
And that's awesome that you have people reaching out and saying, Hey, you know, this band, check this one out. And yeah. you know, who can we promote? So it, it's, it's about making things fun too. It's yeah. not just about work. And as part of the GE culture, I think GE does a fantastic job of being inclusive and doing fun things. And this is just another way to shift and, and still keep some of that fun while in a more remote environment and in an environment of uncertainty. So I think that's awesome that you did that. So let's shift gears a little bit and just talk about your career and talk to us about as you've progressed throughout your career, what are some of the things that you feel really helped you to excel that you would share with other people who are thinking about how can I reach that next level in my career? I would say what helped me excel was probably my background of pretty humble upbringing. So feel that I can late to to folks that from a humility standpoint, because uh, again, just from my personal history, didn't have much to start with. And uh, I feel that it's, it's an important part of my leadership style is the is the uh, humility aspect and bringing that to the table on a regular basis. So I think that was a big part of it. I'd say what I learned from other leaders during my career, the biggest takeaways I've heard from the most influential, or, or what I took from the most influential leaders I had was just being genuine. And today, I think we, we call it transparency, I think quite often now. But I think just being a, a genuine leadership leader and again, just I guess transparent is the word, right? Talking to uh, your employees and your team, everyone really on a on more of a one-to-one basis and being willing to uh, show vulnerability, right? I mean, I think was it Brene Brown? We, we watched her video her YouTube video, which has uh, a bazillion hits, I think now, but uh, I was I was exposed to it from our HR leader at GE, and wow, it just it really resonated with me. And I showed it at our leadership meeting early, early twenty, I guess, before the virus hit. Just about vulnerability and uh, being willing to talk about whatever whatever's going on in our personal lives, because like it or not, even pre-COVID, you know, you, you bring that to work, right? I mean can't hide what's going on in your personal life. So I think, again, just being very genuine and open about what I got going on and what's what's going on with myself personally or my family enables people to feel more comfortable about being being real and being genuine themselves at work. And I think it's an I think in a way it's very empowering. So and I learned again from a couple of very influential leaders in my past is is where I took most of that from was the power of being being real. Then the third one, I think, is just take it from and I, a book I read most re- most recent book I read was one by Adam Grant called Originals, right? And it's all about just keeping that innovative mindset. And I think a lot of times people think of innovation as just technology, but I think it also has to do with just approaching every problem, every challenge with with an innovative mindset and really bringing the, that whole think different mindset to to work every day. And do you, are you really thinking about how you can get things done better, faster? And are you challenging first yourself to make sure you're thinking differently so that then you can enable the team and empower the team to really be thinking about all possible ways to, uh, to, to win, right? And, and execute. So those are the things that come to mind, I'd say. Sure. And that think differently goes hand in hand with continuous improvement. It's continuous improvement of Absolutely. self. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's also continuous improvement for the team and the processes that you have in place so that you can be better. Right. And then I wanted to touch on, you mentioned vulnerability. I think that it's so important. And I think in today, we've seen a cultural shift over the last couple of years where it's okay to be vulnerable and more and more leaders are 
opening up yeah. and doing that. Whereas I, I think before then, you, you always had to be on. Everything had to be perfect. And you had to project this image of strength, right? As an executive within a Fortune 50 company, that's just what we did. And right. it's neat to see the transformation of that because I think you better connect with your employee base when you do show, hey, I'm, <laughs> I have the same struggles everybody else does. I've got the same things going on that... You know, no matter who in the organization, someone can relate to what I've got going on. And so that builds a better connection with your people, yeah. which I think is important as well. Yeah, I think it's been it's been one of the positives, actually, from all this remote working and, you know, from COVID and all that, Jen, is the the fact that we're, we're people are working from home and you have kids in the background who are prone to, you know, need things during a call. <laughs> you have dogs barking. All, all those, I say, distractions, air quotes, are now just considered norm, right? Yes. Used to be if you were, if you had to work from home in the past for whatever, right? Some sort of whatever. Somebody's come to your house to work on something or kids were homesick or whatever it might be. I think you were pre-COVID. We were all just very conscientious about those background noises. And now... You're on calls and dogs are barking. You know, you hear kids, you, you see kids on people's laps and nobody even, people don't even apologize for it anymore. It's actually, you know, when a kid jumps on somebody's lap and you see a baby there, now it's like, it's considered cute. And it used to be you were, you would, I think folks were more on the side of, Oh my God, if, if junior comes out of the room now, this is going to be a really terrible thing. And now it's okay. And I think it falls on whole vulnerability thing. And I think that's been a positive of. Of what we've learned about each other and, and just how we've changed how we work and what's okay now, right? Sure, absolutely. So one of the things I want to ask you about winning in both business and in sports, I know you're a sports guy, is about overcoming yep. obstacles as well and, and and also driving accountability, right? And And keeping people on schedule and helping them to navigate through whatever challenges there might be in the way of trying to achieve X. Can, can you talk to us about your style and how you hold people accountable and how you keep people motivated to overcome obstacles that may that you guys may face? I think there's there's a very traditional part of it is, you know, algorithms, right? And, you know, once we identify the, you know, what our priorities are going to be for a given year or a given time period, again, the, the traditional approach of creating rhythms around that is is how uh, the fundamentals, I guess, of accountability, if you will, how you keep people motivated. Uh, again, back to what we've talked about, I think it's changed dramatically in the past year. I think it was uh, prior to um, prior to COVID, it was more textbook. It was around all you needed to do was have algorithms and you had metrics and, you know, how are we on the metrics? And you would manage, manage to the metrics, so to speak. I think it's taken on a, a whole different, not a whole different, but a, a different approach now is because you're not able to have those hallway conversations to touch base on, hey, where are we on Project X? It has it has forced us to be, I'd say, more trustworthy that of our of our employees, of our teams, that you you have to rely on just the periodic rhythms, if you will, or you have to you have to you know trust and empower with folks because you you don't have the in office touch points, if you will, to just do a quick quick check on where are we with whatever, X project, or where are we with a certain metric, or hey, I saw that certain metric is, 
you know, uh, went from whatever green to yellow. What's going on? You don't have that anymore. So I think, again, I think it's required a, an increased level of, of, of leadership, trust and empowerment in this environment that, that we didn't have to have before. Absolutely. Yeah. I definitely agree with you on that. So as you look at the challenges ahead, what do you see are the, are one of the big challenges that senior leaders may be facing today? And that can be a broad question, or you can take it in terms of aviation specifically, however you want to take it. I think the, the return to work is what's been on my mind lately, right? When, when does it happen? How? I don't think it's going to happen all at once, right? So I, I take time to watch and read you know, what's going on across the whole, not just the aviation industry, the whole business world, right? And how are other folks going to do it? And that's what's on top of my mind right now is transition back to office life, if you will, right? For those that have not been coming to work every day, because I don't want to, I don't want to forget that either, right? We had, because we are in an aviation business, we had very, we had a lot of essential workers that during the crisis, continued had continued to come into work every day, right? Because we still had to continue to make products. So, but beyond the essential workers, if you will, those that have been working remote for what over a year now, right? Yeah. How how is that transition going to work? Over what timeline? How do we make sure people are comfortable coming back to work? All those. There's a lot of factors in this return to work dynamic that that I, I personally and I hope a lot of people are. are you know, hoping it happens, you know, this year for sure. And how, how do you make that successful? Cause I think uh, we've, we've now adapted, right? We're all humans. We adapt to whatever comes our way. So people have adapted to working remotely. And so how do you transition back out of that? Right. And make sure people still feel safe about doing so. That's, that's top of mind for me right now. Sure. It's, it's definitely a, um bigger issue that a lot of people are thinking about because it's a real one that's affecting a lot of different companies, large and small, uh, yeah. different industries. So yeah, I'm glad that you're thinking about it. And I'm, I'm sure there's a, a lot of press out there, a lot of studies and things being done. That how do you do this right? So that it, it's yeah. done in a way that's effective for the company, but also it, it helps employees ensure a successful and a smooth transition back into a, an in-person environment. So I'm going to take you to my two minute drill here in just a second, but Uh (laughs) because I do like to incorporate sports and and some talk around that in the show. And as I mentioned, you're a sports guy. I know you're a Bengals fan as well. But when you look at sports football or other ones that you follow, I guess, are there any lessons that you've learned from watching those sports and things that you might have taken away from those games, from those sports that might have helped you to be successful in your career? Well, I think that the essential sports metaphors are always, you know, you, you just, you never give up no matter what the score is. The, I think another common phrase you hear is, you know, when a key, key player gets injured on a team, you always hear the coaches say, well, it's, you know, it's, it's next man up, right? Next player up. And I think that always reminds me about, you always got to make sure that you have, you know, depth on your team. And as a leader, my part of my job is to develop folks on my team to go, find something even better to do or another opportunity. So I'm always, I think the other, the sports metaphor is I've got to make sure I'm developing my, my next talent, right? So in baseball is the minor leagues and football, it's your, it's your squad of whatever, 54 players, or it's the college draft coming up in a few weeks, right? You always got to make sure you're keeping an eye on 
future talent because part of your job as a leader is to develop your best players and to enable them to find something even better to do, right? And continue to grow themselves. So uh, that's another one that comes to mind. And I'd say the other one most frequently watching these uh, last week of the March Madness games is in the face of intense pressure and stress. When I think back to the, the Gonzaga uh, UCLA game Saturday night, I mean, how do you, how do you make sure that you're, you're keeping your mind focused on the task with, again, under just a lot of pressure, a lot of intensity, a lot of stress. And I think part of that is very analogous to the, uh, to the workplace at times, not that kind of level of stress, but certainly, you know, how do you keep your team focused on the goal? when there are a lot of external factors, if you will, playing a part. So yeah, those are the those are the ones that come to mind. I'm glad you mentioned uh, March Madness and the Gonzaga-UCLA game because that was a great game. I was on the edge of my seat the entire oh. time because I am a Gonzaga alum. So I have... Oh. I have uh, one one degree of the seven is from Gonzaga, so I am an alum, and it's nice to have your team uh, doing well in the in the series. So. Absolutely. Well, I know I know what you're doing tonight, then, right? You got a game on the agenda, right? Absolutely. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, so what I want to do now, Tom, is I want to take you through my two minute drill to close the show. Get and just ask you seven fun questions. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, I think so. Let's go. <laughs> okay. The first one is: What do you want to be? What did you want to be when you were ten years old? A professional baseball player, for sure. Okay. For the Reds? For the Reds, yeah. So I grew up in the heyday of the Reds. So probably towards the end of the, yeah, I was, yeah. So as a a 10-year-old, so I was right about the time of the Big Red Machine. So, you know, Johnny Bench, Pete Rose, Joe Morgan, you know, just an unbelievable team. So, yeah, baseball player for sure. Okay, next question is, who would play you in a movie about your life? Uh, I'm going to go with Kevin Costner. and. only because I just finished watching uh, Yellowstone and speaking of the college draft, I guess draft, you know, the movie draft day, I think was the name of it come, came to mind. And I like Kevin Costner as a, as an actor. So yeah, for no better reason that that's the first one that came to mind. I'll pick Kevin. Yes. Kevin Costner is a phenomenal actor and he did a great yeah. job in, in draft day as well. Yeah. All right. Next question is what is your favorite vacation spot? Yeah, what a what a great question. Given uh, the lack of travel we've all, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I guess the the quick answer is like anywhere right now. Uh, probably Naples, Florida. I enjoy the most. Okay, got some friends that have a place down there, but we've been able to check out different parts of Naples. And yeah, I, obviously it depends what time of year you got to go at the right time of year. But I think it's just a beautiful location. So, okay, how about what is your favorite ice cream flavor? Chocolate peanut butter, I'd say. Anything with peanut butter is my my weak spot. Yeah. Okay. How about what is a pet peeve of yours? Pet peeve. Let's see. I say from. I guess since we're talking about work, from a work standpoint, it's a former CEO of GE used to call it the, the dead birds. I guess analogy, right? Don't 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 bring me dead birds, right? So don't bring me just the problem. Come with ideas. Tell me. Tell me. Here's the here's the dead bird, but here's why they're dying. So. Here's some solutions. Yeah, don't just come with the problem itself. Tell me, tell me some ideas, right? So I'd say that's that's one that comes to mind during a two minute drill. Sure, I like that. Uh, how about next question is what book are you currently reading or what podcast are you currently listening to? So Jen, I feel like this is a trick question. So also, I'm really reading "Move the Ball" by Jen Garrett. That? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, I really 
I uh, really am. But I'd say prior to that, I think I mentioned originals from Adam Grant before it was the most recent one I finished. So, yeah. All right. My last question is you're hosting a dinner party and you can invite three famous people, living or deceased. Who would you invite and why? Elon Musk, for sure. Why? I'll, I'll just talk about an innovative mind. It's right? Elon. Yes. <laughs> no explanation. Uh, yeah, you don't have to, yeah, you don't have to. I don't have to explain that one. It's Elon, right? So Elon Musk. I'd say Coach Saban from Alabama, I think would be an interesting dinner guest. Why? I think his his intensity and his ability to deliver a championship caliber team, and I'm sure this could be open for debate from anybody listening to this podcast. There's various reasons why. He obviously gets really good talent. But I think he also, he's proven that he knows how to figure out what makes different players excel, right? Because you don't get... You can't put together a collection of superior athletes and make them a team just like just by simply, you know, putting the football out on the field. So I think just his his long record of success is super interesting. And I'd I'd love to pick his brain on a lot of leadership questions like the ones you're asking me here now. Right. I think it'd be really interesting. And then I guess Warren Buffett would be another interesting person. I think I uh, from what I know of him, I think he uh, he just strikes me as very interesting, right? The what they call him the not the Wizard of Omaha. I forget the right term, but obviously a man that's done really well. But he's not he's not he's not flamboyant about it. I think he, from all accounts, he still leads a very simple life. But I think what's most impressive about Warren Buffett is. Like when he speaks or when anything comes out that says, oh, well, Warren Buffett said whatever, investing or divesting of company X or Y, it is news, right? Which is obviously a, so, a, a sign of just uh, immense respect for for what he thinks and why he thinks a certain way. So well, those are the three that come to mind. Great answer. So I'm going to say, as I heard you say, Nick Saban, I would have jumped in and said, no explanation required because I'm in Alabama. Two of the degrees are from Alabama. So oh, I am, uh, I have an Alabama alum roll tied. Um, and that's a great, <laughs> that's a great one to have at your dinner party. And then, yeah, Warren Buffett. I mean, he is so influential. He's obviously yeah. made some amazing choices in terms of investing and he knows what he's doing and the world watches right. and listens. And And I love his his simple life. He still lives in the same house that he did yeah. for many, many years ago. Yeah, he's not a lavish guy. He's just right. has a lot of money, but he doesn't choose to just spend it on stuff. Right. Great. Right. Awesome. Well, as we look to close today's show, Tom, any last thoughts you want to share? No, I just appreciate the opportunity to do this, Jen. Really, uh, I know we had you at my leadership meeting, I guess, a couple months ago. And I think your message around move the ball was on point with uh, a lot of the overall communication and messaging that me and my leadership team have been talking to our, you know, unison uh, business about. So I think uh, a lot of the points that you make in your other podcasts and in the various posts you do was, was something that intrigued us. And when you came to speak, I thought it, it was spot on. So appreciate Appreciate you reaching out and allowing me to do this also. That's been good. Absolutely. Well, glad for you to join us today. Thank you again for making the time. Mm -hmm. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we will catch you next time. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and you move the ball. 
Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, check out my website at www.getinsidethehuddle.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.